Yo, welcome to the 30th episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. I can't believe it's been 30. Yep. This is a weekly podcast where we, extraordinary podcasters, talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. On today's show, we're going to discuss Fiona Apple's third album, Extraordinary Machine. And a bunch of other stuff, but before all that happens, Riz will let you in on all the DVDs and music that are available now. And this episode, like the past 29 of them, comes with Six Degrees of Separation and our Fact of the Week. But first, quick news. Sweet! So, it's our 30th episode. We are really excited to keep doing this, and we hope that you guys continue listening to us. But let's get straight to quick news. We finally finished Fosse Verdon, the show about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, played by, respectively, by Sam Rockwell and the most talented actress ever, Michelle Williams. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is your second time watching it because you watched it twice. Uh, I wa- yeah, I watched it when it aired. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you were, like, playing video games. And you're like, I don't know about all that. I'm going to get really mad. And you did. <laughs> I did because I knew that she was going to get fucked over and she's going to be used and, and, and abused. And, like, uh, it was just so... That was the reason why I didn't want to invest that type of emotion on 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 this show because i knew that michelle williams was going to do fantastic and she was going to sell it to me so the last time we talked about fossey verdon uh she was uh it was the end of all that jazz which is the second to last episode of the of the season nowadays nowadays right uh you mean chicago yeah or yeah um and really like i understand where you're coming from about how like you get upset to see what he did to her. But I think ultimately what this show is about is showing her contributions to, to all this stuff. Like it's mind boggling. She, she was basically the co-director of, uh, of that first movie, uh, sweet charity. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was basically the co-director of, uh, cabaret cabaret. You know, she, she was more than his just his muse she she like pulled him from the brink of of the craziness and uh there's so much that i want to see because of this show but on to this episode uh fossey was was creating a semi auto autobiographical movie about his life called all that jazz yeah yeah and at the same time, it was a. They were talking about reviving Sweet Charity back then. And. Uh, yeah, it was the two different timelines, right? Yeah, there was a, a scene. Uh, we talked about it in the previous podcast where she told. She tells uh, Fosse, I basically carried you throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like. Financially, mentally. Physically at some point at sometimes. And at the end of the day, she said, at the end of the day, you are just a balding dancer. And he, when he got his height of each film that he did, it was a big slap in the face for her. 
like no mention, no credit, no nothing. And I read on IMBD that they did um, like a show or something and they brought in her to supervise and mm-hmm. she was just credited as uh, art director or dance director. Yeah. yeah. And, and like the whole life of Fosse heavily revolves around Verdon. And in fact, when they were doing this show, Again, the book that they got the idea from was only about Fosse. Which, and I want to read that book. But as they researched more, they realized that Gwen Verdon is completely involved in all this How more than they think. Integral she was to, to, to the story, to his life. So it went from, like, literally they changed the title of the show from Fosse to Fosse slash Verdon. Yeah. And it was, you know... That's like the main the main draw for me, like seeing this amazing performer and her contributions, which she she very 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 rarely got rarely got credit for. Um, she she was amazing. There's so much I want to see see now and rent and um and yeah. experience. Yeah. You know, I want to see all that jazz. I want to. Um, and you're like obsessed with the soundtrack to Sweet Charity. Oh my God, I I, I want to see it. I think I've been getting ads on on the phone for a free subscription for like a Broadway streaming service. Yeah, we have to see if they have if they have. And I want to see I if they have do. any of her her Broadway uh, shows. Um, but in that last episode, basically, I think they focused a lot on two of their babies, their daughter. Yeah. And, uh, and still Chicago, a and still bit. Chicago, and a he little screwed bit. her over one more time. Uh, and it was this time. I think it was less about him being jealous about her, her having a better career than him. It was just jealousy. He didn't want to see her move on. How, what happened in the mo- in the show? I think one Verdon dawned that she was done with. New York lifestyle, New York Broadway, and she was with her boyfriend. Did they get married in real life? No. Uh, no, she never divorced uh, Fosse. They were still married. That's right. That's right. Uh, so she talks to her boyfriend at the time and tells him, you know what? Like, my daughter is old enough. She's going through, like, some bad shit. You know, she's hanging around with really bad crowd. How about we move into the country and we just you know, live our life there. And if we got to go back to the city just to, you know, a little meet and greet and stuff like that, I don't mind, but I'm like done with this. And her boyfriend at first was hesitant, but super supportive after. So when she goes and tells Bob Fosse that she wants to move into the country uh, with her daughter and her boyfriend, Bob Fosse, all of a sudden wants Gwen Verdon uh, to tour Chicago and do Roxy Hart. Again, something that I don't think that he had in mind or didn't want to be a, no, a part of. No, and it was he's like just for the just for the first six months to get it off the ground. Uh, but I, you know, I never read the book or know the history. But you know, the show makes it seem like he did this purposefully to stop her plans, to stop her from moving on, to stop her. And this this would be obviously like I was saying before less of a professional jealousy and more of a jealousy jealousy. Correct. Um, because uh, Anne had just left him, and he was alone, or or not alone, but with another random girl. Mm-hmm. 
and he was jealous of her moving on. I yeah. mean, they never got divorced, so there was there's something I would like to read up on it. But he offered her offered her this, and then she went back to her boyfriend, and she's like, "Oh, you'll never guess what happened, Bob." I- Offered me Roxy for the tour, and uh, you know, you know, you know how she is. Yeah. And the boyfriend Bobby offered me the part of the tour. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, <laughs> and the boyfriend's like, and you turned it down, right? Because we made these plans, and you were miserable the first time. And she's like, I need to keep working. It's only for six months, and then we can move off to the country. And he's like, No. It's either we, you know, you stop this, you say no to him now, because six months is going to turn to a year, which is going to turn to another, you know, a year and a half, and I'm going to be sitting here waiting. Yeah. And he gave her an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. And told her if she goes out to tour, he's not going to be there when she returns. And she did just that. Um, She's like, don't be ridiculous. And then the next scene, he's, he's moving out. Yep, he's moving out, and it got to. Like, there was a scene where he's moving out, and he looks up to Gwen Verdon for like some sort of like stay. Why don't you like you know? I was wrong. No, she handed him his cologne as a signage of like peace. Mm-hmm. You know, move on. Um, after that, she there they did sweet charity, right? Revival. Yeah, like there was sort of a flash for a flash forward where they're meeting years later um, in a bar and they're talking about she's or Fosse's telling her how they're they're trying to revive Sweet Charity in California mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with the original choreography and he he said that he offered her to basically go there since she was there firsthand she was the original Sweet Charity mm-hmm. um, or the original Charity um, for her to kind of watch over the choreography and be like an advisor and stuff like that, and she she accepts, and uh, that's when that scene happened that I fucking busted out crying. Yeah, well, she like another one of his his girls of the week leaves him, and he's on the phone with her, and she's like, "This is a mess out here." You know, if, if you were down the street, I would just tell you to get in a cab and come over. And he's like, you know, I could actually, I can actually go out to California. So he goes there and, um, and he's having an issue with, with the new charity. And he's like, you know, Gwen, Gwen, why don't you show her? Why don't you show her? You, you know, and you know, the, the actress is, I think first a little offended, but then she's like, wow, I'm going to get to watch the original Correct, because she basically tells him, these are your exact choreography. How can I be wrong? And Fosse tells Gwen, you know, why don't you show her the moves? And at this time, Gwen is already in her early 50s. I want to say late 50s. Late 50s? At this point, yeah. Maybe maybe early 60s. Um, And she's not, as we've said it before in past uh, podcasts, she's not the young, young ingenue that she was. Um, and this is the scene where it kind of like really broke my heart. Cause she, she kind of slowly does the choreography and, and she, she, I don't think she sings, sings at all, but she, she does a few steps and she steps forward and she steps back and she, she has a cane, she has the hat and then she turns, she turns back to Bob Fosse, you know, 
to give him back the hat and cane and the look on her face and I didn't really get it until you 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 kind of <laughs> talked about it but she basically halfway yeah halfway through that number you can tell like that youthfulness from the past yeah came to her into her soul and she was like caught up in that moment of what she really loved and and aspire which is dancing on a stage her mom was a vaudeville performer and her dad was I think worked in in like a Hollywood studio in lights. So she grew up in that type of atmosphere. And she was just in that scene. She was just basking in what she loved the most. And off to the side, you can see Bob Fosse's brute, harsh attitude, physical body language comes up with his chest puffed up, inching his way closer to Gwen as Gwen is still finishing up the number. And that's when you say, that, like you said, babe, she looks up with her top hat and her cane, and there's Bob Fosse, big-chested, smoking a cigarette, looking down on her, and she reaches out to give him the hat and the cane, and as she gives it, she pulls back and pulls down on the hat just to hold on to that, that, that thing that she loves the most. Yeah. And then she gives it away as as a a meaning of this whole season, what it really is about, of him basically taking over her stardom. Her, him using her and her giving, get, like, as she's physically giving it, she basically gave her life to him. That Yeah, that was basically the meaning of, of that whole thing. And I just started crying because... It was just so heartbreaking to see a woman who worked so hard and is so passionate. And all she wanted to do was to work because even she told her boyfriend, like, it, I, I want to work. And that was her main motivation throughout this whole series that, she, that, that was played out is to be a performer. And every time she did something, she wanted credit because she deserved it. It mm -hmm. wasn't mentioned. Either Bob Fosse didn't want it or there was even a scene in the beginning of the series where they just wanted Gwen, right? Or something like that. There was uh, when Bob wanted was asking about Cabaret after Sweet Charity mm -hmm. uh, tanked. And and the the producer was like, uh, I don't think you're right for this. Uh, do you think... Oye, cállate la boca. Do you think that, you know, maybe Gwen would be interested in both of you, like selling you and Gwen together, that that could that could work? And he's like, no, 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 no. Gwen has other stuff to do. Like he 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 screwed her over in yeah. a lot of ways. But again, this show was was about telling her story and the, the brilliance of this woman behind this jerk, you yeah. know? I love what you just said there. The brilliance of that woman behind that jerk. And, and the move, and the show ends with them going to go see Sweet Charity. Which he ended up directing. Which, yeah. He ended up directing the revival in California. He took it away from whoever the, the jerk was that tried to do it in California. Mm -hmm. And no Gwen Verdon anywhere in the marquee. No. Oh, uh, and opening night. He had a heart attack and he died right then and there in her arms they were walking to the premiere and he he passed away in her arms and i think in that moment you got to imagine in real life and the way that sam rockwell portrayed it what he was thinking and looking up at this woman that was there f for him 
oh through God. thick and thin and <laughs> and and what she gave to him and how she was still there you know and what he did to her um i uh, in real life i hope there was regret um it was definitely portrayed per, per, portrayed as regret i think in his face but it's it's amazing how these two two people there was obvious love there even after you know they broke up and um there i he uh, i don't know there 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 was love between them it's on hulu it's on fx if you guys like broadway you guys like stage musical theater this is basically what a couple goes through behind the scene of their masterpiece and the only reason why sweet charity bombed was because Fosse didn't use Gwen as Charity and replaced her. Yeah. Well, supposedly the studio, like as far as the show said, the studio uh, already had. Uh, oh, what's her name? Doesn't even matter. Uh, the the clairvoyant one. Uh, Which clairvoyant? She she like she has ESP now. Um, Shirley MacLaine. Oh. They had Shirley MacLaine. Uh, She's psychic now. She she has some weird shit. You know. Um, <laughs> The the clairvoyant duck on Tiny Toons. Yes. When she would go into her trance, she would go, mm, Shirley MacLaine, mm, like weird <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Um, uh, beautiful, beautiful show. Beautiful performance by both uh, Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams and the whole entire cast. See it, see it, see it. There's so much that I want to check out. I didn't know that uh, Gwen Verdon, uh, if anyone's ever seen Cocoon, she's the... Uh, kind of I wouldn't say slutty but the the woman that that she's very lively and she wears like skimpy clothes and stuff like that um I had no idea that was her and there's you know several other things that she's been in she's fantastic she really is so the next thing we're going to talk about there is a sequel in the works or excuse me a prequel in the works for the Mad Max Fury Road movie, which was huge a few years ago. One of my favorite movies of that year, I, uh, 2016 or 15, uh, about Furiosa. Um, in the movie, it was played by Charlie Theron, and they're going to uh, recast with possibly Anya Taylor-Joy, who we both love. Anya Taylor-Joy was in The Witch, Split, Emma and the never before will never see fucking movie New Mutants. Uh, oh my god, uh, is like you said, is being eyed uh, by Frank Miller, uh, who did. It would have been this week, huh? This it would have been coming yeah, week. It would have been next Friday. Fuck. So we'll keep you posted on how this is going on with uh, COVID nineteen, but since we're self quarantining, uh, this next news will be pretty awesome. Uh, Seems like we might see Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly on Disney Plus. And there, there's a few other shows like How I Met Your Mother and stuff that they're they're considering putting on, but they're they're debating because Disney Plus is generally PG, and there's some storylines on on those shows that are definitely not PG. Uh, obviously, the entire sixth season of Buffy. I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> Cynthia, girl. I don't know, boo. So that also includes Modern Family. So these, uh, it was leaked of a survey that was going on uh, that has been proven that this survey was for real. For real. Um, and it included a bunch of ABC, Disney, and FX, Fox shows, basically of 
what would you like to see most likely to see and least likely to see and Buffy and Firefly was one of uh, the shows that uh, that the surveyors said that yeah they want to see see it yeah I, you know what I think they should just do um, like a parental control like a certain filter? things yeah why not Netflix you know because I understand I I'm not offended that they they decided to move uh the Simon Says Show. What was it called? Uh, Love Simon. Love Simon Show. I understand. It wasn't because of the gay storyline. It was because it they're delving into a more adult area. It's more of an adult show. So they decide to put it on Hulu. I'm not offended because they have other shows with gay characters. You know what I mean? Uh, high, the High School Musical uh, drama show has gay characters. Can we talk about the incest in high school musical? What? Yes, let's talk about incest. <laughs> I meant bestiality from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Are we going to edit that out? It's up to you, editor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no gays, but hey, let's have sex with a freaking feral beast. That's okay. Uh, we'll oh, see. Whatever. I hope they, they just do... Um, you know, because why, why, you know, do we need a separate Disney Plus and Hulu? Uh, we'll see. You know what I was thinking? We we watched a, an in, 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 inform, informational video about Buffy. Was it last night or this morning? Last this, night? Last night. Uh, and they talked about how Buffy and Angel kind of interweave. I, I always thought that, like, one of these services should put them in the correct viewing order. Buffy Angel, Buffy Angel, like like, like I showed you, yeah. you know, because the shows are so much better when you watch them that way. Question: Is there an issue with Buffy and HD? God help me, that's another episode. That's a whole other episode. Okay, so you know how there's this whole thing where they've been uh, going remastering remastering these shows. Um, and they've done apparently they've done amazing jobs with the with Star Trek Generation mm-hmm. and uh, Charmed. They did a shitty ass job with Buffy. Like they, Joss Whedon said he didn't want to go widescreen. They did it anyways. They have freaking cameramen in some of the scenes, literally, you know, off to the side. They have they tried to perfect the dusting, like make it more HD, but they gave up all of a sudden, so it looks shitty. The actors look like they have masks masks on their face, and not the vampire masks. The regular actors without vampire makeup on look like they, they. It's it's awful. Um, hopefully they do a better job with that eventually. Um, and if Joss Whedon doesn't want it to be widescreen, then don't put it widescreen. Let it go. Yeah, because in the article that I read at the end, it says, "Well, let's see if they're gonna use the crappy." HD that they did, or they'll just re- redo the HD all over again. It'll if never happen. Get chosen for, for Disney Plus. And I don't understand why. You know why they did such a shitty job? Because the Charmed people, the people that watch Charmed, are in love with the HD. You know what they did with the HD, and they did go back and and redo the special effects. You know, mm-hmm. to make it HD as well. Cool. Um, for that show, and they they just. It's like, like the article I read said they got like halfway through and they're like, fuck it. And they just, they had like an intern, like sort of do it off to the <laughs> side or something. Okay. Well, 
Sticking to the Disney uh, subject, uh, Disneyland and Disney World is closing indefinitely due to the coronavirus uh, progression. It was supposed to open up this Wednesday, which is today as, you know, whatever. Uh, If you're listening to us on Wednesday, then today. If you're listening to us on Thursday, yesterday. Correct. Or (laughs) if you're listening to us a year from now. Hopefully this will all have blown over and you're like, Corona, what? What is that? I don't I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, so it was supposed to open this Wednesday. The parks have been closed since March 14th, but will continue to pay their hourly employees all through April 18th. Uh, Universal Studios uh, parks also have are closed indefinitely as well. Uh, we read uh, anybody who has Universal Annual Pass, they are going to stop uh, monthly payments if you're on flex pay and uh, the time that the parks are closed they're going to extend the passes however many days the park has been closed due to the coronavirus we want to report this to you because since we're here in Miami and we go to Universal uh, or to Orlando in general a lot I would say about four times a month a uh, year four times a month that oh. would be amazing well it's I think it's more than four times a year um, it's, yeah, we want to like, share that those news to you, and hopefully, you know, we can go back to our happy place. But the corona keeps getting uh, out of hand. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It keeps getting crazier and crazier, and it's still affecting uh, movies. Uh, movie production across Hollywood are looking for a mid-May relaunch. As of right now, there's no production going on right now. May. And very, very few, probably like few, few production minimal stuff. Uh, yeah, like editing and stuff like that. No, nothing being shot. Uh, we talked about Matrix and the Batman stopping production completely, as well as the new Mission Impossible movie that was being filmed in Prague. They had to be forced to shut down. Um, and a bunch of these other f- movies are supposed to start this spring, including the Uncharted, the one with Tom Holland. Um and it has created a domino effect in movie and TVs. If an actor or director or a production team cannot finish one movie, for example, Chris Pratt is halted production for Jurassic World Dominion. He still has to finish that to jump into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. And that is on standby. So right now, the Guardian of the Galaxy 3 was supposed to start in the summer because James Gunn was wrapping up Suicide Squad. So that is probably going to be pushed back as well. Yep. So it's it's this thing that we just don't know when it's going to going to, to stop. Yeah, and I think I, I said that, you know, things that that aren't being opened like Wonder Woman and and the X-Men movie that we'll never see are being pushed back so they they will eventually take the place of all this stuff that can't be made as mm-hmm. well. Correct. Uh there has been rumors that uh Marvel Studio is eyeing for Black Widow Black Widow to be on video on demand. Yeah, I I I would be shocked. Like that I heard the same rumors about Wonder Woman. I'm like, no. Wonder Woman was pushed to August. Yeah, that they were going to do Wonder Woman on demand. I'm like, there's no way in hell. There's no way. They will push it back to oblivion before they release it on demand. 
uh, currently our state of Florida is not under a quarantine shutdown. We do have a shelter in place in some parts, um, but we're not sure uh, when this will last. Uh, a lot of places are really closed where we usually go. Obviously, the movie theater, the beaches are closed, restaurants are closed. We went to see your parents yesterday and we had to use, you know, the obvious six feet apart. We stayed in the lobby and we stayed six feet apart. It was just like so surreal, like how this has become the new normal. So it's not like how we would usually wake up and take the dogs out for to the dog park or go to an early movie, an early movie or go to Bill Bragg's and go for a nice jog. Like all all of that stuff that, you know has been stripped away from us and we've been here at home just looking at each other's pretty faces and the dogs are looking at us like aren't you supposed to like not be here yeah. you guys are like way way too much time at home um and we're just you know trying to make the best of it uh, we're currently playing uh games video games uh i'm playing dc universe online i was playing destiny 2 but i fucking gave up on it because it was so confusing and it was just not not my type of of game so i'm i'm playing dc universe with a couple of some old gaming colleagues that i met in dc universe and that's what i've been doing to keep me busy are you playing any games yeah um like last year uh i found the super nintendo mini for a good price and I got it and I played it once and then I kind of stopped. <laughs> um I never I never had a Super Nintendo when I was a kid. I, I went the Sega route. Um so I thought it was pretty cool. Um but you know, I have work and I have life and I I just didn't have any time so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm kind of stuck in the house so I kind of blew blew the dust off of it and I um I've been playing Yoshi Yoshi's World which is the the sequel to uh, Super Yoshi. Super Mario World. Well, I don't know. It's the it's the official sequel. Like, and I didn't know it at first either. It says it on top over Yoshi's World, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's World. Oh, yeah. And I figured that out. And Super Mario World, I I didn't get to play a lot when I was a kid. Again, I didn't have Super Nintendo, but I, my favorite parts were getting to hang out with Yoshi and shit like that. So it's fun and I get to shoot shoot people and I'm almost done with it and then I guess I'll tackle Super Mario World next. Uh, you know, obviously this all this has to happen. We have to stay indoors. We have to like stop the spread of this thing. And uh, and you know, it's like first world complaints that we can't go to the movies or I can't get my hair cut. And I understand that People are a lot worse off, and the the people working at the hospitals um, deserve so much more money and oh yeah and appreciation than they're getting. Oh, yeah. uh, it's it's bear with us. Don't don't think that we're 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 snobby for being like oh my gosh we we, we have to stay inside. It's more of like a venting for exactly. you guys. Exactly, um, we understand why. Oh yeah, totally. And we just try to make the best of it. Later, I guess we're gonna play some board games. Uh, I binge watch Tiger King. I don't want to get into it right now because it is such a crazy ass docu series that I really need more time so I can talk about it we can get into it when i uh when i watch it 
with yeah. you your second time. It'll be uh, and I your version at, of Fosse Verde. I suck at television. I really do. And, and Riz can vouch for that. I would leave a series just by one episode and torture Riz by not watching it and telling him, hold on, I'm not ready. Hold on, I'm not ready. I, I, there's so many that I gave up on you. Like, I just finished Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah, that was after, one of them. After your the hanging hanging woman episode and you're like no let's watch something else and, I'm and like, in one day i cleared out tiger king and i was like what the fuck <laughs> but yeah uh guys keep your social distancing practice uh universal hygiene care wash your hands hand sanitizer and just look out for one another and try to make the best of it you know video conference your friends your family do like video dates with your homegirls or Don't your Don't take boys. medical advice from the president. Uh, yeah, please listen to scientists <laughs> I, I, and I, doctors on our on our Twitter. Consult your doctor on our Twitter. I always say, listen to your scientists. They're I think they they know more than than politicians than politicians, politicians completely. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back with an extraordinary review. Sweet. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. About two and a half weeks ago, we had some great news that Fiona Apple is releasing a fifth. Uh, uh, her fifth album. Yeah, she well, we she revealed the title uh, and she said that she has basically the artwork ready to go. And, it, you know, at this point, I think any delays might be because of uh, the, the pandemic, you know. Yeah, and uh, we decided to, in honor of one of our favorite musicians, uh, we decided to dedicate four episodes, one each of her album, uh, starting with Tidal, When the Pond, and now we're going to talk about Extraordinary Machine. And about a couple days ago, we received an email from a huge Fiona Apple fan by the name of Scott. Uh, Scott told us that uh, he is a little older than Fiona Apple, and he grew up listening to her in real time and becoming a fan. And with every album that came out, he became a bigger and bigger, bigger fan. Yeah, he's he. So he would uh, correlate more to me as far as fandom goes. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, and he also suggested uh, to watch the movie uh, "The Killing of a Sacred Deer." With Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, which I've never heard of, no, um, and neither. and I, you know, I said I'm, I'm like worried to to Google anything about it, and he said, no, 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 don't Google anything. <laughs> He's like, just watch it, and then later uh, research the title of it and all that stuff. And yeah, I love getting uh, I love getting suggestions like that of stuff we've never heard. That just 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 watch it, you know. You know, I love that, and I'm excited to, to check it out. You know what movie was like that for me? What? Kill Bill. When I went to go see Kill Bill, I went to see it with um, my nephew, and he tells me, it's about this bride, and she seeks revenge, <laughs> and it's like karate. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm sitting in this theater. It's in the Malls of America theater on Flagler, and... The scene is the beginning of Uma Thurman fighting Vivica A. Fox mm -hmm. with some pretty badass motherfucking karate. And at that moment, I still think it's like, 
a comedy. Like, who the... Like, Vivica A. Fox is, like, killing it in this scene. And I'm, like, just laughing at it. And then, I mean, obviously, halfway through the movie, I'm like, okay, this is, like, a real, like, movie. Like, this is a serious tone. It's not, like, scary movie type thing. And I like watching movies like that, too. Yeah, uh, that fantastic movie. Uh, for me... Like, for some reason, it was The Matrix. <laughs> oh, really? You know? And and that was huge. But... And, the, you know, I complain about how, how, like, movies give too much... Or trailers give too much away. I, th- I don't think The Matrix gave enough away. Because if I had known what that movie was about, I probably would have, like, gone out of my way to see it in the theater. But they they smartly didn't give too much away. Um, if, if there's ever an anniversary... Anniversary... Like that, it's back in the theater. I want to. I want to see it because I regret so much not going to see that in the theater. Thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time to write to us. And he also mentioned Magnolia, um, which is one of my favorite movies that I've wanted to show you for a while. Um, oh, okay. And that's another. It's long, and we might have to watch it in sections. I remember I had to watch it in sections the first time, but it's it's amazing. Really appreciate uh, you, Scott, for uh, writing to us and taking the time to uh, tell us how big of a fan you are to Fiona Apple. And we hope you enjoyed these uh, episodes dedicated to her. And anybody, anybody out there who has any suggestions or just want to talk to us, uh, you can email us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com. That's gopressplay2 at gmail.com. So, after six years of hiatus and debating on retiring, Fiona Apple's third album, Extraordinary Machine, was released October 3rd, 2005, with over one million copies sold, making it gold and a 2006 Grammy nomination for Best Pop Vocal Album. Fiona doesn't stop feeding you an earful of poetic lyrical stories of anger, betrayal, but also self-love and self-reflection. All right, and this album like actually has a really really interesting uh history to it Mm -hmm. uh i'm just gonna go through it like from what i remember off the top of my head so some of these years and dates might be wrong uh but i remember waiting anxiously for a third album and like i said previously this is back when two years seemed like an eternity between albums you know so there was word that she was recording an album and around 2003 I think she we heard that she fin- she completed it, but then nothing happened. It wasn't released, uh, and there were starting to be rumblings that the record company wasn't happy with it, that they didn't think it was commercial enough. And I remember that there was like a protest set up at was it MCA Records or whoever whoever had had her she had her record thing with and I think it was in New York and the, the fans decided to get together to take to protest and and get the record company to release this album and I think only 14 people showed, <laughs> showed up but I mean you know I couldn't make it to, I would have gone if you know I lived anywhere near there yeah but you know they represented I'm sure a hundred people each you know what I mean uh and two of the songs ended from the original recording ended up leaking the two two songs were uh extraordinary machine and not about love 
which had a different title back then. I can't remember. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Extraordinary Machine blew me away. And uh, a few weeks later, the rest of the album leaked. Uh, Nine or 11, 11 songs in total leaked. And reviews start coming out about it, you know, like as if the the album was released yeah. and we come to find out later that you know it wasn't all the record company that didn't want it released it was Fiona herself she didn't think it was complete she didn't think she, that she that she was able to tell her story completely and she wasn't happy that it leaked the record company was still deciding what to do and by 2005 everything was set she re-recorded the album she recorded a new song uh, for it making the total 12 parting gift um, was the the twelfth song, and it was finally it was finally released. Yay! The album was number one on the U.S. Billboard Top Digital Album, number three on Billboard's Top Internet Album, and number seven on the Billboard's Top 200. In 2009, the Rolling Stone named it the 49th best album of the 2000s. Uh, when you did finally heard the tracks or the album what what did you think about it uh well let's go with what i heard first so they released parting gift and oh sailor at the same time they released a video for parting gift there's like debate mostly in my head what exactly the first single is uh but technically parting gift was the first video released but oh sailor would be the lead single for the album, technically. I understand. Um, and I don't think O Sailor was the best choice, I'm gonna be honest, and Parting Gift is amazing. Uh, and the album was released, and I love, I loved every track. The only track that I liked better from the original uh, was Better Version of Me. The original was, was very rock-infused and very up, and drum, you know, the drum beat was amazing. And the the second version, a little more poppy. I like it still, um, but out of out of all of them, you know, that was my least favorite of the the transitions. Uh, Extraordinary Machine is almost exactly the same, and Waltz okay. and Waltz better than Fine is almost exactly the same. The other ones had serious serious facelifts. Now reviews at Pitchfork at the time said that. It was basically same, base, n- not word for word, but basically what they said was, it's the same old Fiona Apple. Do you agree with that? Not, and if not, why not? Not at all. Uh, well, first of all, the obvious are uh, the fans were used to getting exactly ten songs. You know, to it, it was a gift to get two extra songs, twelve. That's like kind of superficial, but obvious. Um, second of all, this was, I think she was a a lot more experimental. She and John Bryan were a lot more experimental. Extraordinary Machine, you you didn't hear that sound from her before. Uh, Timps, another song, better, and and better version of me. Oh Sailor, I I think has a, a shadow boxer type feel. Uh... I don't think I don't think I could compare most of these songs to to her her old records. There isn't another fast as you can. You know what I mean? What What do you think? The album as a whole, uh, I loved it. I feel like it is a way 
mature step into Fiona Apple's life. I feel like what she tries to tell in this album is that she's not that delicate flower that people thought that she was or... It was more for her of like, I see you, I know what you're doing in her own personal life, who she's singing about. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first song I ever heard from her, apart from the obvious criminal stuff like that, was uh, Parting Gift. Uh, Parting Gift for me was like a light switch. And it's such a sad song because it deals with uh, a love that she has that she has to part ways with. And although there were so many signs in the relationship saying, you know, this is bad. These are the red flags. They loved what they started. And in verse two, I want to I want to read this to you in verse two, because it is my favorite lyric of this whole entire song. And it goes, I took off my glasses while you were yelling at me once, more than once, so as not to see you see me react. Should have put them, should have put them on again, so I can see you see me sincerely yelling back. Making it seem like by her taking off her glasses, she's showing her, her lover that she's calm, you know, and she doesn't want to show that that aggravation that she's getting from him, you know, to show that. But then she should have put those glasses on so he can see her yelling back at him sincerely as he sincerely yells back. And again, it's just how the way she sings, how the way she writes her lyrics is what hooked me up, hooked me into knowing more about what Fiona Apple has to say. Yeah, every song is is poem is a poem. She's she's such a poetic writer. Extraordinary machine is amazing. It makes me think about you. Yeah, uh, love that song. It's one of my favorites. It, uh, Windows or window is another amazing song lyrically because it talks about her catching her lover in the act of adultery, and she's looking into the window and she writes about or she sings about. You know, I'm not looking through it. I'm actually looking at the reflection of her lover and the girl that she she's with. He's with. I'm sorry. Yeah. And again, the verse says instead of breaking her or him, I I threw something at the window as a representation of her anger towards them. And instead of taking it out on them, she threw it, she she took it out on the window. Brilliant. Uh, interesting fact about Window. We'll, we'll get into the singles chosen. Uh, this is a Riz fact, I guess. Uh, there was this um, this weird website uh, back in 2004 mm -hmm. where uh, they basically paid this website to to get people to go in and take surveys and listen to songs and okay. decide, you know whether the song is from an upcoming album is going to be a sequel, a sequel, a single. Um, and I signed up for it and I would listen to songs and they were actually considering window to be the first single. Really? Yeah. So I guess it didn't get the, um, I don't know, like we'll get into the singles, uh, coming up. 
uh, Please 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 is a song lyrically where she's talking about the record industry. <laughs> you know, the record industry wanting her to get a, a hit single. Where's that song? Where's that that hit song? I don't hear that. I don't hear a hit. I hear a lot of music, but I don't hear a hit. And the, the lyric is give us something familiar, something similar to what we've heard already that will keep us steady, steady, steady going nowhere. And I think that is brilliant. I had no as idea hell. about that. Yeah. Really. Wow, that's pretty cool. It's brilliant as hell. Not about love is another fantastic, fantastic song in this album. It really talks about verbal abuse. Uh, uh, in this music video, uh, Zach Galifianakis is in it, and yep. he is actually playing the the part of right. Yeah, well, he... well, I don't know if it's like for jest, but it's him singing in the music video instead of Fiona Apple, although she's there. But it's it's him talking about about it, and like I said, it talks about um, verbal verbal abuse and and how clearly she states that what's going on. It's it's not about love; it's about something completely different. And in fact, I can I can fall out of it, right? Yeah, it's not about love. In fact, I'm not in love. You know, uh, the music video actually came about. Uh, I believe I remember from the the extras on the on the um, special edition DVD yeah. that Fiona had seen uh, videos of Zach Galifianakis lip syncing to like Diana Ross uh, <laughs> really? and shit like that, and she just thought it was hilarious. And really, the video wasn't meant to be released as a Music official video. promotional video. It was just added on to the extras of this DVD. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then later I would see it like on heavy rotation on VH1. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, and that let's delve into the, to the actual singles because it is confusing as hell. So, they released Not About Love as a music video to, like, MTV and VH1, and it got heavy airplay on VH1. Um, but it wasn't released to radio, from what I could... From what I remember, at around the same time, they released Get Him Back to radio, but there was no music video to it. She she went on all, like, on all the late-night shows and performed it and shit like that. Um, so... Again, depending on how you look at it, either Not About Love or Get Him Back were the third single or the first single, fourth single. And the other single that never was was Timps. On Remember I said I, I collect the little stickers? Yes. And Timps is mentioned as featured on the album, but it was never it was never released as a single or video. Question about Get Him Back. Get Him Back is about Fiona Apple talking about this guy that she broke up with and every other guy that she meets after is kind of like the same guy as before. Uh, do you think get him back is cause she says, wait until I get him back. Do you feel like she's singing physically get him back or get him back as a revenge? You know, now that you're like talking about it, as you just explained it, I'm thinking that it's not necessarily get a particular guy back. It's get a personality back, a certain personality that she's drawn to back. Mm, wow. Okay. I like that. Since, I like that. 
That, I, I think feel that like, makes sense. I feel like it means for me, like, get him back. Like, I'll show him, Yeah. you know, what I can do. And it could, it could definitely mean that as well. I, I, when you mentioned that to me, I never thought of it that way uh, uh, myself. Yeah, because she's like, wait till I get him back or whatever. Oh, well, which is number eight on the album, is another awesome, awesome song. Uh, it lyrically talks about her being uh, dumped uh, and how she was basically worked up and then fall down. There's a, a, a verse in the song that says, my peace and quiet was stolen from me. Uh, that defines that that's what she felt with him. And now that he's gone, that's how she feels. And she felt meek and, mu- and muffled. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's a gorgeous song. It's awesome. Um, and Waltz is the crescendo of the album. It's 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 fantastic. It's 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 movie worthy. It's like Never Is a Promise or I Know. It's that gorgeous uh, sym- 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 sympathy sym- symphony symphonic <laughs> symphonic type sound. It's it's a gorgeous song. I think that that they should have released "Extraordinary Machine" as a single, as the first single, because it's the most unique song. It and should have been "Extraordinary Machine." Uh, not about love is fantastic. not about love being the second one to hook it up, hook them up, and uh, please, please, please. I would have, yeah, please, please, please would have been a, a great like fu to the industry, and maybe that's why it wasn't chosen. I would have been all right with please, please, please. Uh, window, even even or the new window, version, a or better window. version of me. Or window, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it was six years in between uh, when the pawn and this album. I it was an eternity. It was you know high school to my adult life basically. And around that time, as I said in the previous podcast, uh, listen to the dates how these artists are 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 being evolved into what we know today which is the pop culture that we have now at the turn of the beginning of the 2000s you had uh artists like christina aguilera the jessica simpson jessica alba backstreet boys and when fiona apple was nominated in 2006 for best pop vocal album she lost it to kelly clarkson's break away you know the song no i'll spread my wings and i'll prepare how to fly whatever so this these music industries saw that the main buyers are these 13 14 year old girls teeny boppy and then it uh, Obviously, with Cl- Kelly Clarkson, you can tell that it was the beginning or the height of American Idol. Yeah. Uh, so you have this awesome album that told a, an amazing story and gave you some really great music. Lose to to pop to yeah. to, to overproduced pop, um, and that's what happened with Florence and the Machine that we talked about it with either her second, her third album. Second, her second was album poppy. was very poppy because she allowed the music industry, or I'm not sure if she allowed it, but figuratively speaking, uh, control of it, and it didn't work too well for her, and she learned her lesson uh, for her third and fourth album. Yeah, Fiona actually gave an interview last year or the year before about how uh, when the Idler, mach- the Idler machine, the Idler wheel came out. 
uh, like the prom- how promotion was like promoting yourself and your albums were was so different than it was when she released title. Like she would watch someone like Justin Bieber who would be on all the Instagrams and and promote himself on Facebook and go walking naked in, on some beach in order to get on the cover of a magazine and oh hey yeah and he has a new album coming out. You know what I mean? And she's like I can't I can't promote myself like that. I you know all I can do like the music isn't isn't what what's important anymore and she makes she makes an, makes an amazing point and i agree yeah it it comes to a point where the music there was a time where uh artists were just released little singles after little singles after yeah. little singles uh, because it, an album didn't have any more value to it anymore it yeah it, it it was I want I want to say the fifties or the sixties where they started just compiling songs and making like a ten to thirteen albums. It was just singles before that, which I, it's an interest. That was an interesting time. I wish I had been alive for that. Well, I mean, you know, reincarnation. Maybe maybe I will be one day. And it huh. just doesn't give like these. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't give like these artists like Fiona Apple or. Florence and the Machine. Let's talk about uh, an artist, uh, another artist that we love. That she is very popular in the UK, but she doesn't get that hit that she deserves here in the US. She sells out her concerts, but it's it's not like how you said. There's Justin Bieber, fucking naked, or oh my god, ex celebrity just went topless. By mm-hmm. the way, her album drops Sunday, and exactly. it's you know with Fiona, it's like this is my art. This is what I have to give you guys and her true her true fans like you like Scott um, appreciate that so much because it feels way way personal yeah. uh, than what you see on E! News or whatever and that's one thing what I didn't want this podcast to be is like that poppy like celebrity news gossip bullshit yeah, good. Uh, and to just give th- you know, appreciation on real artists, real mu- movies, real thing. Like, I don't think you'll ever hear us talk about, like, such and such are together. Or this one had a baby. And did you see that tweet? Like, that's not... Well, I mean, in... in Like, in passing, like, this movie is gonna is delayed because this, this actress is pregnant in real life. But we don't... Like, it isn't, like, gossipy. about it. Yeah, it isn't you know. gossipy. Oh, my God, it's her third trimester. Yeah. Oh, my God, Daddy must be so happy. <laughs> but whatever. Guys, we love this album. Any last thing you want to say about Extraordinary Machine or about Fiona Apple and this album? It's it, it was an interesting time to live through, you know, the fact that there are two versions of this album um, out there somewhere. You can, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Not the the bootleg version isn't officially released, so you'll, you'll have to like find it on YouTube. Um, it was just it was just weird to live through, and unfortunately, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to see her live. I don't I don't, I don't know if she came down here, um, and I've still yet to see her live. Um, if she comes out, we'll 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 travel. You know, we'll travel for her. Oh yeah. In oh, 2012, yeah. I, I kicked myself so much because she was down here and I didn't go. Ah, mm. idiot. But well, what about you? Any any last any last words? We're gonna we're gonna watch the DVD soon. We might talk about that a little bit in the next uh, the 
the um, the Extraordinary Machine uh, deluxe version came with a DVD, and there's like a, a little mini um, a little mini uh, concert on it. And I think the Not About Love videos on it. I don't know about Parting Gift, uh, and you know it's pretty cool. As I said in the last two uh, podcasts that we've reviewed her albums, I wish I could have been a fan of her at the time of uh, her albums being released. Um, But I grew up in a house where I was influenced a lot with my sister's taste of music. So it was a lot of Backstreet Boys, a lot of LFO, teeny boppy stuff. I'm so sorry to hear that. I I know. And I'm still to this day recovering. (laughs) Um, And I, I am glad that now as an adult, can listen to her and understand her lyrics because I'm sure I I mean I'm, I am younger than you so if I ran into her in real time in the past I probably wouldn't take her that seriously because I would probably wouldn't understand what she was talking about um, but it's a fantastic fantastic album I really do really do love this this album a lot I do as well uh, and the artwork is is gorgeous just mm-hmm. the the entire photo shoot of her in a garden is gorgeous. Uh, we can't say anything anything more about it. Uh, we're excited to review uh, her fourth album and uh, and at some point in the future review her fifth album. Oh my god, Ooh, I can't wait! It's uh, gonna be exciting. I kept saying that there should be an announcement soon. But I think it, everything might be on hold as far as that goes. I'm still hoping they don't they don't end up pushing back uh, the new Killers and the new Alanis Morissette albums. I'll be very depressed. Uh, but if it happens, it happens. You know, uh, you know things happen for a reason. Um, well, and- they should do what uh, they what Dua Lipa did. Dua Lipa was the songs the artist that I was listening to before we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she released a new album early because due to the coronavirus and you have other artists don't want to get into this but i feel like they did this more for financial gain rather than like support for the fans who are pushing albums back and back in order to get sales whereas you have artists like dua lipa which was very very uh the word generous of her to do um to release it did she release it for free uh no she just released it earlier oh well i'm I wouldn't say it's that generous if well, it's not free. Oh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know, like, no, I understand. You know, and if an album is done, it's done. Just release it. Yeah, I, I understand people have certain dates to set, but I think with what's going on should be an exception. Well, an interesting thing that artists are doing is, uh, like, concerts uh, through meeting <laughs> meeting apps. Uh, oh, yeah. Which I, I actually uh, saw a Tracy Bonham concert. She did a little a weird <laughs> a webcam concert with uh, Jill Sobley. So- so- mm-hmm. Tracy Bonham, uh, of course, I've mentioned her before. Her her big hit was Mother Mother. And Jill Sobley's big hit was I Kissed a Girl before uh, Katy Perry ever kissed any girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you're like, oh, what is that? And I played it for you. And you're like, I remember this. Yes, yeah. yes. I was super young. So I watched that last night, and it was very cool once they got the sound issues issues done. And uh, Jill, whatever, <laughs> Sobley, I, I, I'm massacring her name. She, she gave a funny story about how 
she hated having the persona of the girl who did the Kiss a Girl song until Katy Perry released her song. And she's like, wait a minute, that's me. That's my persona. <laughs> persona. Wait a second. And everyone's like, oh, she's so original, this Katy Perry. Yeah. So daring. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool, and it was cool. Like, Tracy Bonham did two of my all-time favorite songs, uh, Gone, 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 <laughs> and uh, and Shine, and she she did Mother, Mother as well. And they're, they're going to hopefully do more. I'm thrilled to death, you know, because Tracy Bonham, her last few tours, she doesn't... Uh, I think she, the closest she came to us was Atlanta, which, you know... For reasons, well, it was also the middle of the week, but, you know, for past reasons, Atlanta is kind of a hard sell for me with concerts. We've discussed that in the past. Let's not get into it right now. Cool. We're going to go ahead and take a little break and we'll be right back with the DVDs and music that are out and Six Degrees of Separation with the Fact of the Week. And we are back. So last week, the night after recording the podcast, I woke up. I'm like, Augustine, Augustine, fuck. I forgot to mention the new movies and DVD, new music and DVDs. I'm like, shit, we have to re-record the whole episode. And you're like, what? Hell no. And it was already about to be published for the next day. And we said, you know what? I'll double up this, this time. We'll double up. So this past week, the new movies were 1917, The Grudge, The Grudge Remake, which I, I want to see, and Clemency. Kim? Nice. Uh, the new music, Childish Gambino released a new album called 31520 on 32220 for some reason. He was close. He yep. was close. Uh, new music from Five Seconds of Summer, an uh, album called Calm, uh, and Pearl Jam. Oh, one of my my brother's favorite favorite bands, brother and sister in law's favorite bands, has a new album, Gigaton. I got to check that out on uh, on the YouTube Music, which I just freely subscribe to. Uh, new movies out this week coming up: Little Woman, uh, the Doolittle remake with uh, Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. The Cats movie, which I oh am dying to see. It has a 2.8 rating on IMVD. Uh, Swift and The Cold Blue. New music out on April 3rd. Uh, not a lot of stuff I recognize. For every reason, Kiana Leedy with Kiki is highlighted. Um, M-Ward... Dua Lipa, like we said, uh, released her album early this past Friday. That's right. Uh, Steve Steve Aoki uh, with Neon Future 4. Any any, uh, Linkin Park fans know who he is. He does a lot of remixes for them and works with them a lot. Um, And, you know, we'll see about upcoming stuff. Tracy Bonham did mention that uh, she had been working on, like, this kid's... um, this kid's persona album where she is Topsy Bonsai, uh, her, her, I guess, kid friendly persona where she's recorded a shitload of songs. She's mentioned this for like over five years that she's been working on this. She says she has a ton of songs 
and it's basically not kids music it's like teaching kids about music she released a couple songs and it's it's hard to explain but she mentioned on the socials today or yesterday that you know with all this time on her hands she's hoping that you know and on all the parents having to homeschool their kids she's hoping to maybe get some of that out so i'm excited to hear hear tracy bonham topsy bonsai or whatever she wants to call herself i'm excited for it cool you want to play six degrees of separation yes Woohoo! i am going to give you the hunky daddy Freddie prince jr and the hunky granddaddy michael kane all right haven't seen freddie prince in a lot lately uh freddie prince jr what was he in recently he did a show didn't he I follow Sarah Michelle Geller on Instagram, and it's it's nice to see the the Hollywood couples that that have made it and are still together and are still very much in love. You can tell there's so much love there, and it's so it's so weird to see them, like see her post pictures of them when they first got together, and then today. Mm-hmm. I remember one time. I don't think she posted it. This was a while ago. Like she presented like for his birthday her her license where you know obviously not screen name but she she officially changed her name to sarah sarah prince uh she took her lot took his last name but obviously she's still known as sarah michelle geller in uh on the screen i'm not okay stalling yes i'm stalling uh all right, Freddie Prinze Jr. met his future wife on I Know What She Did Last Summer. They, of course, would go on to work work with each other in, in Scooby-Doo and the Scooby-Doo sequel. And, of course, I Still Know What She Did Last Summer. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, was famously in the same summer that I Still Know What You Did Last Summer was released, was also in Scream 2. Uh, spoiler alert, she dies in both of them. Uh, Scream 2 had a cameo from Joshua Jackson, uh, who was Pacey on Dawson's Creek, um, with Katie Holmes. And Katie Holmes was in Batman Begins with Michael Caine. Sweet! And our fact of the week is that Whoopi Goldberg chose her stage name not just as a reference to a whoopee cushion, but also because her mother thought Goldberg was Jewish-sounding enough to make it in Hollywood. And that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it, because it's not mine. No? Guys, 30 episodes! We love doing this show for you guys. It keeps us entertained because we are locked here. We're we're like cabin cabin fever. I I'm long past cabin fever. Uh, I'm like I'm in cabin in the wood fever. We hope that again. We constantly say this, but we hope you continue listening to our podcast and hearing us talk about our favorite movies, music, TV shows, or anything that you we think that you guys might like to listen to. Please. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayR. And you can email us, don't forget, to email us at PressPlay at, I'm sorry, what's your email address? 
gopressplay2 at gmail.com. That's gopressplay, the number two, at gmail.com, like our new friend, Scott. This has been an amazing episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.